You may be seated. Welcome to our first chapel of the spring. We are so glad that you are here. If this is your first time in the chapel, raise your hand. Ooh, look at that. Was that one hand? Oh, don't even try it. Don't even try. Don't you start nothing, sir. We welcome you this morning. We are so glad that you are here. I love that song. He is a miracle-working God. I know. I had a two-pound baby, and he's now 41. Miracle-working God. Miracle-working God. Amen? Amen, girl. Amen. All right. Here are our announcements for the week. Tomorrow night, or is it tonight? Hosanna. Blessed be the rock. Hosanna is tonight. At 9.45, right here in the chapel. It's an awesome place to be. And then awake, wake up, awake, uh-huh, on tomorrow at 9.30 in the hub in the NPR. Are you looking for a mentor? Would you like to share an encouraging Christian relationships with peers? I think many of you are interested in one or both of those. And if so, we're having life groups. If you've never been a part, you should join. Uh, let's see, you can sing, sign up along with friends. I think it's tomorrow is the last day. Thursday, see, Forrest keeps me straight. Thursday is the last day. And as part of our African American Heritage Month, Christian author Austin Channing Brown is speaking tonight at 7 p.m. in the Robinson Teaching Theater. I have read her book. She's an amazing woman of faith who is going to be giving us the gift of insight into the experience of being a black woman in America and especially in Christian America today. Now, don't come thinking this is going to be a feel-good thing. I want you to have open eyes, open ears, and an open mind for change. Say change. So don't come expecting fluff. You ain't going to get it. <laughs> All right. So it's tonight, like I said, over in our Robinson Teaching Theater. Uh, we are so glad that you are here this morning. There's nothing like coming together. The word of God says, oh, how good and pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity and fellowship. So if you've come to see if somebody's here, what somebody's got on, you're in the wrong place. This is a place where we come together to worship God, to love on each other, to encourage each other, and most of all, to hear the word of God. Fars is going to be the first person at the bat today. And so as we pray, think on the words that he's coming to share with us. Let us pray. Spirit of the living God, we thank you for your word, which is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Excuse me. <laughs> you are the living God, the word who became flesh. And Lord, more than anything else, we desire to bathe in that light of the Lord Jesus so that the light of his love and grace may shine through. Especially, especially some of us are going through some hard things right now. But God, you are God of love and comfort, even in the gloomy and dark times. So you have called us to be lights in the world reflecting the glory and the light of Christ. And we pray that we may become his reflection so that men may see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. And so, Lord, we know that this requires us to decrease 
so that you may increase. And we pray that whatever it takes, that you would purge out anything that diminishes the light and the love of Christ in us. So that Jesus is lifted up in our hearts and life. And may our self-life become so translucent and unclouded that Christ may be seen in us. To your praise and to your glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Steffi. So good. Well, I'll extend my, my part of the welcome here to, to Chapel Community Worship. I'm Forrest Buckner, the Dean of Spiritual Life, one of the campus pastors here. And it is so good to be back together. People have been all over the world and back, and some of us have been here. And we, we're just, it's great to be here all together back in this space, worshiping God. As we think about this place on Tuesday, Thursday at 11 o'clock, this is a community where we come from all of Whitworth to come worship God in Jesus Christ together. And all Whitworth, students, staff, and faculty, white color skin, brown skin, black skin, English-speaking native, Spanish-speaking native, Amari-speaking native, all the beautiful diversity of what makes Whitworth Whitworth, we come together here to worship God on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and it's so good. And we seek at Chapel to, to reflect that beautiful diversity. And in doing that, I want to kind of warn you and invite you to know that this should be a place that should be hopefully comfortable and uncomfortable for you this semester. Comfortable because we find here that Jesus is lifted up. And that's the most comfortable place because that's where you're made to be, in the presence of God, worshiping him together. Jesus will be lifted up here Tuesdays and Thursdays every week. But also uncomfortable because as we lift up Jesus, we're confronted with our own sin, confronted with things that, that we don't like to see in ourselves, confronted with ways we see the world and engage the world and are invited to, to live differently. Uncomfortable because we might sing in a different language or hear scripture in a different language than our own, hear a perspective different than ours. Uncomfortable because we're going to be called in a nonpartisan way to lift up our allegiance to Jesus alone as Lord and King. And not, not find our identity first in any, any political party or anything else, because this isn't a Democrat place or a Republican place. It's a place where we're called to live under the lordship of Jesus and his kingdom rule. And so, chapel here is, is not young for young people or old people, Democrat or Republican, black or white or brown. It's a place about Jesus. And a place for people who are interested in looking to, understanding, growing in, worshiping the God revealed in Jesus. That's what we're going to do here. And we're going to do it together. And I'm really looking forward to it. It's my favorite thing every, every week, Tuesday, Thursdays. I always look forward to this time together. And I'm excited about our, our, our theme for the semester. Captain already got a great, a great some art for us going. And we get, to, we get to take a peek today in Luke 24. I just want to dive in. I know we can talk about so much stuff about where you've been all over the world, but let's dive in to Luke 24 and see, uh, introduce this new this, uh, theme for the semester. So Luke 24, Jesus has, has died and risen, and the women went to the tomb and found the tomb empty, and they came back, but they don't really understand what's going on. No one really understands what's going on. And these two disciples start walking from Jerusalem down to Emmaus, seven-mile walk. And they're on their journey down, and they, they, these are faithful Jewish men. They grew up studying the Hebrew scriptures. They know it well. And they had some expectations of what they thought this Messiah they were looking forward to would be how this Messiah would set things right and make Israel, and deliver Israel from Roman occupation and make things right the way they thought it would be. And it didn't 
happened that Jesus fulfilled that the way they hoped he would. And so they're forlorn. They're disappointed, and they're walking along. They're disappointed, but they also, they have an understanding of how the world works and how things work and who Jesus was. They have that all kind of in a box. Well, as they're going along, all of a sudden they get disrupted. This stranger comes alongside them. So the stranger's walking with them now and starts asking them questions. What's going on? Why are you guys so sad? What's the deal? They say, haven't you been, where have you been? How do you not know about this Jesus of Nazareth who came and we thought he, we thought he was going to be the one who was going to redeem Israel. He was a prophet, but then they killed him. And now, even more, three days later, our women came back and said that the tomb was empty and we don't know what to make of that. And then we see Jesus. They don't know it's Jesus yet, but Jesus, the stranger, says to them, Oh, how foolish you are and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself and all the scriptures. Okay, so these two faithful Jewish men are now interrupted by the stranger, and now the stranger makes this disruption even more intense as he, as he starts telling them what the scriptures mean. What, what are you telling us? We know our scriptures. We're, we're faithful Jewish men. We've grown up learning this stuff. And the stranger starts telling them, no, 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 you guys, you didn't understand. From Moses, from the very beginning, the Torah, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, uh, through the prophets, you, didn't, you don't understand what this actually is talking about. But still, they don't get it. They go on, they get to Emmaus, and, and Jesus is going to go on, but in good ancient Near, East, Near Eastern hospitality style, they say, oh, come stay with us. Come eat with us. So they sit down at the table, still not knowing who he is. And verse 30 says this, when he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. And then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? Let's say that together. That's that last time. That last time. We're not our hearts. Ready, set, go. Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? Oh, thank you. Love that. Jesus breaks that bread. Does that sound familiar? <clears throat> Hands it to them. And all of a sudden, their eyes were opened. They saw, and now they saw that the scriptures, that he explained to them how that was about him. And their expectations, what they thought about, about this Messiah, they were wrong. But now they see how they actually were right, righted now as Jesus has shown them what the scriptures really mean. And now everything changes for them. And instead of sitting there in Emmaus, they actually get, get up from their meal and run back that seven miles. Hopefully they've been training with Jake Chipka, getting their miles in. They run back their seven miles back up the hill to Jerusalem. They run in out of breath. He's alive! We saw him! It's a body! Jesus, he's alive! And they're like, yeah, we know. He, he showed up to Peter too. Everything's crazy. Everything changed as they got to see who Jesus really was. Well, then Jesus comes amongst them, all of them, the disciples. It's not just the 12, but there's a group of them. And they're together, and he shows them who he is, his resurrected body. And then in verse 44, and let's read it together. It's more fun. It says this, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, 
that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. That's good. Thank you. I love proclaiming the word of God together. Now, Jesus comes to all of them and helps them see the big picture. Helps them see the whole story. Everything written with Moses. He's saying the whole Hebrew scripture, what we call the Old Testament. Everything must be fulfilled. And it was fulfilled in Jesus. These scriptures that these, these people had been immersed in their whole lives... They didn't quite get it, but now Jesus opens their eyes and they see how it was all leading to, pointing to him, this big story of God's redemptive, loving, powerful work in the world, culminating in the life and death and resurrection of Jesus, who's standing right in front of them. And so they see now, or at least they're starting to see, the whole story. Let me show you a picture. Does anyone, does anyone know who that is? Anyone? Shout it out. Bella. Who's Bella? My daughter. Very, very good. That's my middle daughter, Bella. She's nine years old. Tell me, shout out. What do, what do you, when you look at that picture, what do you think? What do you know from that picture? Tell me some things you know from observing it. Go fast. She looks happy. Well done. What else? She's <laughs> totally agree. <laughs> what else? What else? <laughs> also totally agree and grateful for that <laughs> I mean, this is a great picture if you ask me I might be biased this is a wonderful picture oh it's so good and we can learn so much it's beautiful joyful a live girl who's just incredible you see it right there in the picture having fun but now let's let's zoom out a little bit and see a little bit more that's not the whole picture oh now what do you know Tell me some more. What'd you learn? Go. She's got a ball dress on. All right. What else did we learn from the picture? What's happening? What do you know? As a party. Yes. All right. So now we're getting a little more of the picture. We see, but there's actually more. This isn't the whole thing. Now let's zoom out a little further. Ah. <laughs> so now what do we know? <laughs> what was it? What's, what was the daddy-daughter dance? It's a father-daughter Valentine's Day dance on Saturday when Bella and I went, went and got to get all dressed up and go dance our hearts out. Now you see the big picture. Now you see the whole story, or at least more of the story. And you know, that, that's, that, that first picture gave us a really great glimpse. I mean, that, in, my, in my head, that actually is the point of this night. It was about Bella having a wonderful night and being happy and alive and just this special night for her. It was that. But now we see why. As she's dressed up at this party at her school with her dad and a special time together, now we see the whole story. Jesus is the fulfillment, the center of the Christian faith. As we think about what it means to be, to live in, in, in the, the, the truth of God, Jesus is the center. And that's a great place to start. But when we don't know the whole rest of the story, we're missing out on a lot. We're missing out on a lot. Do you know that three quarters of our Bible, more than three quarters of our Bible, you see that, you know? Three quarters. That's the Old Testament. 
or you might, maybe we should call it the first testament to God's goodness and might and power. Three quarters. And a lot of times we don't pay that much attention to it. You know, not only is it the volume of our Bible, that much Old Testament, the Old Testament is the Bible that Jesus read, right? At age 12, he was, he was in the temple debating the temple, the temple rulers or, the, or the, the teachers. At age 30, he was using it to rebuke the devil and when he was tempted. We saw Jesus teaching from, from the Old Testament. You've heard it said, but I say to you. We see him uh, quoting the Old Testament to show his authority to cleanse the temple. We see him in his t- time of greatest need, hanging on a cross, quoting Psalm 22, at least verse 1, maybe the whole psalm. Jesus knew the, the Old Testament. Jesus quoted it. He lived it. He breathed it. This was Jesus' Bible. Not only that, here's the Bible of the early church. 2 Timothy 3.16 says this, All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, correcting, and rebuking, training, and righteousness, so the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This was written before there was a New Testament put together. This is talking about the First Testament, talking about the Old Testament. All scripture, it applies to the New Testament too, but all scripture is God-breathed, useful for helping us, growing us, leading us. The Old Testament it's a way that God has given us to get to know God more. To get to know who we are in him more. What does it mean to live with him? To lead us to life in Christ. The Old Testament takes us there. And so I want to invite you on a journey. I want to invite you on a journey with us this semester here at chapel. To dive in to the Bible that Jesus read. To open our eyes up to, to learn more of the whole story. And, you know, you know it's not, I, I, some of us in this room didn't, didn't grow up in church like me. I didn't grow up in church, so I didn't know any of the stories. And maybe some of you, this is a great chance for this semester to try to get to know some of those stories, that Abraham and Moses and David, these incredible stories of God at work and with broken people working out his purposes of redemption in the world. Maybe it's time for you to get to know some of those, or maybe others of you to review those. But I want us at chapel this semester, we're going to actually look at some of the more subtle stories, the more overlooked ones. And see what we learn. If you go back to that picture, Aiden, you know what else you'd learn? If you knew some of the subtle things about this, you might say, oh, that's a pink shirt. You can see my pink shirt there. That's the pink shirt that comes out once a year for the father-daughter dance. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) Janelle bought for me when we had our second daughter and said, you need to have a pink shirt now. (laughs) I said, all right. You also wouldn't know. So the overlooked parts of this picture is that that at the dance contest earlier in the night, Bella and I swung dance our heart, swung dance our hearts out, and we were the champion swing dancers. At the, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> pretty proud of that. These are some of the details, things like that, and overlooked stories that we're going to look at. Y'all, band can come on up. There's more to see that you first glance. I know the Old Testament stories. I know about David and Goliath. No, there's more. I'm going to invite you on a journey with us. It's not going to be an easy journey. So it's going to be sometimes kind of messy. Are you ready for some mess? The messiness of Job's suffering, of Elijah's doubts, of Joshua's conquest into the promised land. Yee, we're going to have to wrestle with that. And invite, invite us together to, to engage with some characters maybe we've never heard of. Some people like the bride and groom in Song of Songs. Hagar, Amos, Balaam, Miriam, and my favorite, Meshibbeth. <laughs> 
Yeah, say that five times fast. And invite us to, to engage with some characters maybe we, we're familiar with, but have some surprising messages for us. Humans who are made to rule this earth. Queen Esther, the suffering servant. God has words for us this semester. God has words to speak to us, to reveal himself to us, and what it means to walk in him with Jesus. Let's go on a journey. Let's go. Let's go with Jesus as we read the Bible with him. Let's go with Jesus as he opens our eyes to understand the scriptures. Let's go together as a community and see what happens as we get to know the God of the Old Testament with Jesus as our guide. Let's stand and sing to that God together.